I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm very excited to have guest Fatima Fakori here today. She is a registered dietitian from New York, providing virtual nutrition coaching services to people living with paralysis and spinal cord injury. She's the author of the Paralysis Nutrition Cookbook. Fatima was inspired by her husband, who was injured in a car accident many years ago, to focus on providing nutrition services specifically to people living with paralysis, who are often left out of popular wellness culture. Fatima empowers people living with paralysis to manage their weight and improve their gut health by providing them with support to make healthier choices without restrictive dieting. By combining her professional expertise as a dietitian with her personal experience of being married to someone living with spinal cord injury, her coaching program has allowed people with paralysis to regain control of their weight and gut issues so they can feel more confident and live longer, happier lives. Thank you for coming back on today's episode, Fatima. I'm so excited to uh, have you on today. I am excited to be here again. It's been a while. It has been a while, and you've um, been a guest and a, and a host of a few, quite a few episodes that have been really well received by the audience, talking about your life and your journey and uh, what you've done as a dietitian. So I'm really happy to have you back. It's it's a part of a then and now series when I bring on guests back and they talk about their progress. And I think these are some of the most fun episodes to really follow along someone's journey because so often, I know we were just talking about this last week on a coaching call. So often people forget where they started and the challenges we had. And even you mentioned it to me today, like recording a podcast and and it can feel so second nature to me. I've been doing it for years, but it can feel for someone who's never done it challenging. And I think it's really nice to have that conversation and just hold that space and remember how far we've come. And part of this conversation is celebrating that journey. Yes. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think then and now is, is the perfect theme for what this is um, because my business is turning one year old. I don't have an exact date, but I know that I started my first, um, my first coaching uh, group with you. I believe it was March. I think it was March. Um, like mid-March. And then in April, I made, you know, a sale, one sale. And then in March, I, I mean, sorry, uh, May, I had made like over $7,000. So it was, that was, I think the first podcast I ever did um, was going from really zero to thousands of dollars a month. And it was just like a big shock to me. (laughs) And now as I'm coming up on my one year anniversary, it's so I think it's really important, especially when you're having like a low, like a lull perhaps in your business or a slow couple weeks or whatever, just like a bad day. It's important to look at how far you have come because this time last year (laughs) on our very first coaching call, I remember hanging up from that Zoom and being like, I think I should change my niche because I just was having so much anxiety 
hearing from the other women in the group who were focusing on niches where it's like, I, you know, those things exist, you know, weight loss for women, body confidence for moms, um, you know, pediatric, like picky eating. These are all things that we know that are, could be successful. So in my situation, I was doing this thing that was really unclear to me. I just knew that there was nothing out there for people living with paralysis and my husband's quadriplegic and, and, you know, I'm kind of on top of it in terms of his health. And I was at that time connected to other wives and girlfriends and stuff of, you know, men who are wheelchair users and nutrition would come up a lot and there was no thing, there was no place to go. And so it, it kind of started that way. And mindset wise, I remember you told me this was back then <laughs> you said a three month one-on-one package industry standard is $1,500. And the first thing I thought was, yeah, well, not for my niche. My niche can't do that. And, and that is extremely wrong and ableist, right? To assume that people with, di- with, people with di- disabilities can't afford to pay for it. Cause that's, I have found that to be completely untrue. Um, and you know, that's my own kind of bias coming into that. And so now I have a three month group program for $1,500. I don't do one-on-one. I don't do any one-on-one. Um, I love that reflection. That's huge. It's just t- take a moment, 1500 for private coaching felt too much. And now you offer 1500 for group coaching. That's an incredible progression in a year. And I swear it's just, I feel so like, I don't, I mean, it it was not that long ago, you know, a year is not that long ago. So I completely remember exactly where I was sitting and exactly, you know, that moment where I just was like, yeah, not for my niche there. It's not going to happen. I also at that time didn't feel like an expert at all because I had just started. Right. So it's like, why would they pay me for what, (laughs) you know, I just like have this idea that, hey, people with paralysis, they tend to gain weight and hey, they tend to, you know, be constipated. Okay. But I didn't actually know how to help them in the beginning. So I think it was very, very difficult to imagine being paid for something that you just started doing. But then very quickly, I started to sign, you know, when I changed my marketing, of course, um, I, st- I think I did one-on-ones for a month and then it got too difficult for me with the States and all that. So I very quickly moved to group coaching. So I think my first group was in May of Latin, uh, June, June. So I started enrolling in it, enrolling for it in May. Um, and so since then I have run group programs. I've changed it. I've increased the price um, twice. I've um, added a VIP program. I've done a cookbook. I've done kind of, um, you know, a lot of networking in my niche and it's coming up on a year now. I feel like I should just pick a date, (laughs) you know, like pick a date and it maybe look back in my stripe and see what was the first day (laughs) that you sold something. Yeah. And, 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 and have an anniversary because at this time I even, I haven't added up all my clients, but I've had over 150 people go through the program and, I've sold over 400 cookbooks and I feel like it has been a major shift professionally. So when I first started private practice, I was, I had an office brick and mortar in a therapy practice locally here in New York. And I got the keys in February (laughs) and in March COVID hit and we became virtual. 
So for the spring, I was seeing people one-on-one insurance-based for the first time ever. So that was kind of an interesting step into private practice was I did it and it, it, it became virtual all of a sudden due to COVID. And, you know, insurance was covering virtual at the time and it was kind of fine, but it was kind of horrible because I was home with my kids. Daycare's closed, preschool's closed. So I was seeing one-on-one people and I realized it's not, (laughs) it's not a good use of my time, but I kept doing it because I just started. I just became credentialed with insurance and it was like, oh, they're covering the visits. Let's do it. And at the same exact time, I signed up for my first dietitian boss um, coaching uh, package. And then, so I started working on paralysis nutrition while I was still, while I was seeing one-on-one clients. And then I think by (laughs) the fall, I just was like, I'm no longer interested in seeking out new referrals at all. Um, Because in October I had at that, at for 2020, my highest month ever, which was like $9,000 a month. And if you write it down, which I have multiple times now, how many hours of coaching did I do for paralysis nutrition and how much money did I make plus discovery calls, right? Because that's time. What is that hourly rate versus the one-on-ones that I do for insurance? And also I have a, I had a side gig at a local college, which was my first job ever as a dietitian. Um, And so I was seeing, I had three jobs. I was seeing people insurance one-on-one virtually. I was seeing students at the college also virtually. And then I was doing paralysis nutrition. And so I added it up and I figured out what was your hourly rate for paralysis nutrition group programs? And what's your hourly that you're actually getting paid from insurance and the college? And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me, for me, I think. And and it's, it's a huge mindset thing because I really always pictured myself sitting in an office and seeing people one-on-one all day, every day, Monday through Friday. And that's fine, but it's really high volume. And for me, it's sort of draining, especially since, so my one-on-ones are mostly eating disorders um, and kind of like the, the mom nutrition, you know, it's like, (laughs) depending on where you are, maybe you're postpartum, maybe you're prenatal, whatever it is, that's kind of my local niche. But with the insurance, you get anybody. Oh my God. And I just can't take the phone calls anymore of like, People are looking for help and I get it, but (laughs) it's so, I feel so bad even saying it. I'm not for them anymore. And it literally was, it's, it, you know, what inspired this podcast, us doing it even today was that I decided literally this morning (laughs) that I wasn't going to renew some of my insurance contracts that are coming up because it does not make sense for me. And it is literally holding me back from doing other things for paralysis nutrition. Like you and I have discussed, like I really want to do a podcast. I want my newsletter to be better. I want to do more freebies. I want to do more networking, you know, reaching out to people. I can't do it, you know, especially have kids. So it's not like I'm working 60 hours a week. Like I work from 10 to four, that's it. 
And, and if I have to, you know, grab a kid early or, you know, my daughter's going to speech starting next week, speech language pathologist. So it's like, I'm not going to be working till 11 on Thursdays. So it's, it's really just not a good use of my time. Even at like a hundred dollars an hour, it's not worth my time because in 25 minutes on a discovery call, I could make 600 or $1,500, you know, and not have to spend an extra second with that person after the fact, because they're going to roll into a group program. And those zoom calls are going to happen whether or not somebody new joins. (laughs) So it's like, it, it really, and I'll tell you, you know, I have a lot of colleagues that take insurance and, and they also agree that, it's not that great, but it's better than any sort of clinical job. So I think that when you set the bar so low of like a $25 an hour situation, and I'll tell you, this is exactly where I came from, was my first job. Well, my first job was really the college, but it was very part-time. And then I did work full-time for a brief six months at a hospital, and it was about $25 an hour. Um, so when I looked at insurance as a hundred dollars an hour, I was like, wow, that is so amazing. And it's true. Some insurances do pay that much. Some pay more, some pay $52, you know? So I was really excited about having a local, you know, it's different. You know, I live in the suburbs now and it's like everyone, it's not like they know each other, but if you're, if you're a practitioner in the area, you know, people sort of know you. And so I had kind of wanted that for myself, you know, growing up with a mom who is a a physician and was very known, you know, in our town because she was a practitioner in the area. So I really just thought that I would do that, you know, and being involved in my kid's school and see some of the, you know, people in the community and bill insurance and this and that. And then I just sort of everything changed completely drastically. And I told you this before is I thought paralysis nutrition was going to be a side gig. I, I have the paper somewhere that said $2,000 a month. That was my goal for paralysis nutrition. I love it. So your your goal was 2000 a month. And when did you decide or see that once, I mean, you exceeded that in 36. Yeah, for sure. I, in in April, it, I made my first my first post Libby sale, so it was three hundred and fifty dollars. Prior to that, I had sold like two packages of three or something like that. Um, but <laughs> I mean, in like six months. <laughs> so in April, yeah, it was like three hundred fifty dollars. In May, it was like seven thousand eight hundred dollars or something like that. And then I sustained it pretty much, you know, a little up, a little down through the summer. And then in October, I hit 9,000. And then I realized I really hate seeing people one-on-one in my house. I like seeing them maybe in the office, but that's not where I'm at right now, you know, especially at that time. And then it was going to be holidays for my kids. And I wanted to take most of December off. So like, I certainly could not do discovery calls. I certainly could not take on new people. And I felt that starting in the summer. Like, cause we work on planning, you know, in the pro in dietitian boss, it's like, well, what are you going to do? What's your offer and all of this. And I had never thought of planning around a vacation, but I'm so glad that I did. So I started doing a cookbook 
I hired a designer, um, a book designer from my, from my old publishing days, um, a colleague of mine. And so we started working on the cookbook, which is a lot of work, but I started it early enough that I was able to launch it um, Thanksgiving, so Black Friday. So for December, I was able to stay home with my kids, not take discovery calls, but sell the, pre-sell the cookbook. Mm-hmm. And that worked really well for me. Um, and then this year, I'm doing the coaching. I still do sell the cookbook. I don't promote it as much. I do. I promote it on the weekends only. Um, and it's sort of become a like an intro product. You know, it's like 30 something dollars. So if you're interested in me, you can buy my cookbook. Right. And this year, I told you almost everyone who signed up for coaching has purchased the cookbook. So it's it's worked kind of in a as like a tripwire, you know, for them to start kind of getting involved in my in my world. So what do you mean kind of? Everybody who buys the cookbook purchases your coaching. So it works to get people to first purchase a, a, a everyone minus like two. So it's over 90% of so the over 90% of people that have gone into your funnel, meaning that yeah. they first purchase something from you and then they continue on with your services. So that's working exactly as you intended it to work. Yes. And in addition, there are people who, you know, don't really need a coaching program, but they just like the idea of having a cookbook that's made for them. So I have people like that who've bought it and people who perhaps are never going to be able to invest in the coaching who are so happy to have something. Um, and, and it really was sort of a done is better than perfect situation. And, you know, we had our coaching calls like throughout that experience, which was quite an experience, but now I'm like so excited to do another one, you know, because now I know how to do it. And I know what exactly I would do differently this time. And you um, only learned that because you were able to do it imperfectly. And I remember hesitation and nervousness and you sold so many copies when you first launched it. And, and even since then, you've done an incredible job at your first round of selling a digital product. And I love your attitude. I want to hit on that in a minute, your mindset of seeing first taking imperfect action And secondly, being able to reflect on it as an opportunity to learn and progress the next time around. Yes, yes, for sure. And and I think that there's going to be more stuff like that in the future for paralysis nutrition, for sure. Like coaching is, I have right now um, a six-week program and a three-month VIP program. And I have an idea and a plan, as you know, (laughs) for um, phasing out that six week program and replacing it with something that requires much less of my time. Um, Because I think that digital products, you know, it's not for me, it's, it's not something I would have started with because how, what would I even put in that course without having seen almost 200 people come through coaching? Um, You know, you always talk about like the framework, what's your, can you, you know, and I was jotting down notes about that the other day of like, what is my framework? You know, I have my own modules and all of that, but it's like, what is it that people need to learn from me so that they can get the results that they want? And that's really what your framework um, is. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a complete 180. I thought that I would be sitting in my office, seeing insurance clients and doing a little paralysis nutrition on the side. And now it's completely flopped. I am letting those insurance contracts expire. I am, I am returning to my brick and mortar practice because it's been a year of working from home. Uh, 
And a girl can only wear sweatpants for one year <laughs> before it really starts weighing on her. And I see you always like dressed in your home office. Some people can do it. I can't do it. So I am happy to be, you know, when I go back to my local, I'm in a brick and mortar practice. It's a, it's a pediatric practice. Um, lots of local families and things. It's really such a nice environment for me. So I will continue to see some one-on-one cash pay and focus only on the things that I want to focus on. So I really only enjoy, um, and I only really align with one-on-one for like, say eating disorders or picky eating, things like that. Um, you know, pediatric stuff like that. So that's what I'll do in my brick and mortar, but I'll also run paralysis nutrition out of that office. Um, and I think having the community, you know, not having to always be by myself, it's nice sometimes, you know, the quiet of the home and no one's home, kids are at school, but it's also nice to, to be like, oh, there's six other practitioners here and, and they're all, you know, uh, working women and they're all business owners and we're all just kind of, you know, chatting. It's nice to have a, a, a workspace like that. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm quitting some things. That's beautiful. And so yeah. I want to talk about that in a minute, you know, quitting things and the mindset on that. I just want to take a moment to reflect for the listeners. I know you really well, Fatima, for the listeners, let's assume that they're, they haven't listened to all of your podcasts and they don't know you as well as I do. They might be feeling intimidated. Like, holy moly, look at this story. This is incredible. A year. And FYI, we need to get a date on there for sure. I will. I will. I'll look it up on straight. Which is, you know, a year. Keep in mind, you need to get the official date, but yeah. a year in, in practice and you're able to do so much. Your mindset has completely transformed in the sense where, like you said, you know, you, you're, you set a goal of 2000 a month. You've exceeded that. You couldn't believe 1500 for a three month you know, private coaching experience. Now you charge that for a group program. These are huge accomplishments. And so I just want to take a moment and reflect and ask you, what do you think are the top one to three things for dietitians, especially the ones starting out? So not the ones who already have momentum making $10,000 a month. Uh, we can touch on that in a minute, but for the ones who are just starting out, what are the three things that you can look back and tell them to break down how, or, or what, what you did or, or how you were able to break through, um, because there's just some huge, huge milestones that you've broken through. So to be specific, setting a goal of 2000 a month and exceeding that, you know, that the price, you know, quadruple 10 X in the price. Um, and then also being able to, to leave and then be really aware of what you do like, what you don't like accepting that, and then being able to actually adapt your life to live that way. Those are huge accomplishments. Yes. When you say it that way, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Who's that? You know, like I, I just wear sweatpants and, you know, get yelled at all day from my children. You know, I'm just like doing this on the side. It seems so, you know, when you say it that way, but yeah, I, I, when you're just starting out, I think that the biggest thing is you compare yourself to these other dietitians who are in year three, year five, year two, you know, of their business. And, and you can't do that because they were where you were at before, you know? And so I look at people like Lauren Smith and Britton Coleman, and I'm just like, oh my God, like they are at the top of their field. And it was so sweet. The other day I was talking to Britton and she was like, Fatima, so are you. 
And my immediate thing was like, no, I am not. I am a clown. <laughs> like, no, what are you talking about? But the truth is like, it, the, everyone starts with terrible social media posts that are all over the place. We all started with pictures of ourselves eating a sandwich. Like we really all, all did. All of us. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't even in the pictures of my sandwich. That's where I was. It was just a sandwich. It was a nice plate, but I wasn't even in the picture. So we were all there talking about, you know, things that only dietitians care about. And I'll tell you where you end up and where you start. <laughs> it's going to be night and day. And, and I think another important thing to remember is like, don't get in your own way. Cause it's not, it's not for you. <laughs> it's for them. It's not for you. It's for them. So your content is not for you. I don't like my content. I like pictures of flowers and sandwiches. <laughs> I don't like my content because it's not for me. Um, and so I think that, you know, when it comes to starting off, just realize that like you may switch, you may completely change colors. You may, you know, start niching down even further than where you even thought, oh my God, I remember in our first couple of calls, you were like, what are the biggest problems? And I was like, I don't know, optimal nutrition. <laughs> and you were like, Fatima, what do they want to do? And I said, Libby, I'm not talking about weight loss. I'm not talking about poop. I remember saying, those are the two things that I don't want to talk about. I'm a lady. <laughs> I don't want to talk about poop. And then you get on discovery calls and people are like, that's what they want to talk about. And that's what they're willing to pay you money cash to help them with. And so now I have embraced the poop emoji. You can buy yourself Chanel and talk about poop. <laughs> you can, you can. And it's, it's like, well, how do you know um, you're getting through? And how do you know you're talking about the right things? That's when people buy from you. When you're not talking about the right things and you're making the content for yourself, like when I look back and I won't delete them because I feel like it's important, all those old posts um, before I started with you, I just look at them and I'm like, what the hell <laughs> was that? Like, you're not Gourmet Magazine. This is not Bon Appetit. What are you doing? This is an account for people with paralysis who would like to what? What is it for? You know? Um, and I think that when you're first starting, you think that you're supposed to design posts and get on stories the way that I do a year later. And you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be a little awkward and you're supposed to be unsure and you're supposed to delete it and start over again. That's just normal, you know? Um, and most of us, I think also have major money blocks, right? So we feel bad about charging and this and that. And I think the only way to get through that <laughs> is to just keep going. And then once you get these really slam dunk success clients, that's the only way that I ever got confidence. You know what I mean? Like confidence in my, in my offer, confidence in my skills, you know, is, is when, you know, I have a guy, actually my post yesterday, I have a guy who's paraplegic and he lost 11 inches off his waist you know, and it's, it's not by extreme dieting. It's because he was 
really overeating and had no idea why that was a big deal. And like, he's a dad and he's, you know, got a toddler. And now he's like, I feel so energetic. I'm able to get, you know, ready in the morning. It used to take me three hours because I was constipated. Now it takes me 40 minutes. You changed my life. No, I mean, it is what it is. Like people don't know what we know. Powerful. People don't know. And, and I think that dietitians, I got to tell you this, I think we follow too many other dietitians and, and um, our, our social media feed, it looks like everyone knows about nutrition. But if you look at normal people's <laughs> social media, they don't follow 600 dietitians. Be more true. I absolutely love this perspective. Basically what you're saying is to zoom out. Yeah, which is so hard. It is hard. So it, it's this balance, right? Because obviously being in the community, you said it earlier, being in the physical community for work is empowering. Being you know, in a community of like-minded dietitians is empowering, but also pulling your, distancing yourself and taking that perspective to say, just because, you know, you might follow dietitians, but that doesn't mean that your ideal client follows 600 dietitians. So I think that's a really important um, concept to bring up to the, the listeners. And it really all has to do with marketing. It's like, remember who your ideal client is. And that's a, a big part of my framework, which is designing who they are, thinking about their, their tendencies, uh, their dreams, their demographics and their pains. And if you know how they're spending their time, you'll study your ideal client and know they're not following 600 dietitians. No. And it'll change too. Like I redid my ideal client, um, not too long ago, actually, maybe like a month ago, um, right before I increased the price of my six week program, I was like, just thinking about how it had changed. And my ideal client is actually, uh, it, it, well, I was going to say it's a real person, but it's kind of like an amalgamation of my, my favorite clients. They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all in their 30, late thirties, forties. They're all, they're men, their dads, their husbands, they were injured later in life. They've gained too much weight. They don't know what to eat. You know, it's like the same, you know, one lives in the UK, one lives in Texas, one lives in Montreal. They're different, but they're all the same when it comes to their habits. And so let me tell you, I've had every type of client possible, but your ideal client and who you attract is not always going to be the same. So like, I get a lot of people who are like my ideal client, but I also get people who don't need to lose weight. People who are like, I know everything about nutrition. I just kind of want to do better. Those are not my ideal clients. They don't have crazy success. They still pay. They still show up. They're still fine, but they're not my huge. They're not the ones I'm asking for photos and doing testimonials and that ain't it. They're fine. <laughs> they are more than welcome. But like, if you come to me and your biggest problem is bloat, I mean, I hope I can help you, but that's not the focus. The focus is weight loss and gut health. And hopefully you'll improve your bloat. And I'll tell you, I, I don't really, I don't convince people anymore, you know, to join the program. I can say if someone's bloated and doesn't have the weight issues or the bowel issues, I'll just say, Hey, you know, it's not the focus of my program, but last year I did have a client. Her name is Dora. She's a real person. She was so bloated. She couldn't get out of bed. And now she's up and in her chair every single day. And she feels fine. Why did her bloat get better? I don't even remember. <laughs> it was a year ago, but obviously she wasn't eating right. Right. 
So it's like, you're going to get a ton of people in the beginning. I think that you're not sure if they're a good fit, just take them. If they're willing to take you, just take them, you know, and do your best and, and throw them a little extra something. If, if you feel like you're not doing your best. Um, and just remember that not everyone knows what you know. And I've told you this before, and I even speak about this on social media where I say, there's not really anyone that I can go to like a superior person above me to say, Hey, you know, this guy, he uses three suppositories every day and takes Miralax and nothing is helping him. There's no one I can go to for supervision. Right. And it's actually on my list of things to do to get in touch with hopefully a a few friendly doctors in the spinal cord injury community and say, listen, like, can I talk to you? Because I do this thing (laughs) and I have some questions and, and so far everyone has been very nice when they hear about my program, people are interested because there's a huge need and it's not, no one's doing it. So in my case, the field was wide open, right? I'm sure there will be other paralysis dietitians after me, but as of right now, there's a huge need. And so talk about the imposter syndrome, right? So if you're just starting out and you're like me, you're in a niche that's not very crowded, it's actually a good thing because you can, you can help people that don't have a lot of choices, you know? And these days I'm pretty honest on the discovery calls because I don't want someone to sign up and give me anxiety because they're not having, you know, uh, results or, or they're not feeling happy in the program. So I'll tell them like, listen, these are my successes. Not everyone is going to be a huge success story. You could be one, but I will give you the knowledge, the tools, the support, the accountability, but there are no guarantees. Cause of course I have people who say, uh, you know, it's a lot of money. So if it doesn't work, do I get a refund? No. there's no refunds, you know, in life, there are no refunds. So I'm going to do my best and you do your best. And, you know, do you ask your doctor for a, um, a a refund ever? No, you never would dare. (laughs) So, so I, I think mindset wise a year out, it's, it's a different, completely different story. And so if you're just starting out deep breaths and, and do your best and don't give up because you and I have had this conversation. We, you know, we've had, we know a lot of dietitians in common who for the first five months, six months, eight months, they're not making as much as they would like. They're making some, they're making some, they're making some, and then they give up because they're just like, this isn't worth it. And the ones who push ahead do end up getting better with their content getting better with their program, improving their offer, you know, um, niching down probably even further. And the number one thing is not to give up. You can change, you can switch, you can take a break, whatever, but don't like, you know, throw in the towel because you don't know when you might hit a 10K month. Absolutely love it. And I would agree that that's what I see clients in in the program. Uh, They struggle with consistency and consistency, especially at the beginning phase. Um, mindset is something that at every phase we need to be aware of, but it's something that needs more motivation and accountability at the beginning, you know, showing your face, posting consistently, experimenting, right? That's what entrepreneurship is. 
And I have a theory that dietitians, since it's so new to start your private practice, right? CDR has stats as low as 3%. Mm. Dietitians are in private practice. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetic Salary Compensation Guide says up to 10% are in private practice, right? Where up to 60% are in clinical. It's still new for us to look into any kind of business idea. So not only are you a, you know, a trendsetter for being an entrepreneur as a private practitioner, but also your space that you're filling right with paralysis is also a, a new, new concept as well, being that you're innovative and you're doing something innovative in an innovative space. And I think that you're really doing a great job at role modeling for dietitians who don't think that they're capable are still concerned about being an expert. They're really so close to being able to break through, whether you, whether you're listening and you haven't gotten your first client or whether you have, and you just need to keep going to get your second and third. A lot of private practice is about consistency and it's rooted in your ability to strengthen your mindset. And I know I say it all the time, but it's nice to have you Fatima share that through your lens and show in your one year anniversary, how far you've come. It's absolutely incredible and inspiring for the listeners who, whether they're having a good day or a bad day, they can listen and say, Fatima did it. Fatima's a mom. I can do it. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I'll tell you too, like, just because you hit a 10 K month, doesn't mean that the next month is a 10 K month. You know, January was my highest month ever. And then February was lower than any, well, other than December, which I sort of took off. Um, which I kind of count as like a zero. I was pre-selling, but I didn't get paid. So I, I counted as a zero. Um, this February was the lowest I've had since I started. So it was just like, what happened? And it's like, well, you've never been in business in January. I mean, sorry, February. So maybe this is what February looks like for you. January was the biggest month ever. And and uh, February was the the lowest. And then in um, March, I got very, very close to the January number, you know what I mean? So it's like, and I had a rough time in January and February because I just was like, where are these people? Where is everybody, (laughs) you know? And so even at a higher level of business, even when you have, you know, a huge month, you will have kind of those days and things happen too. Like, I don't know, my kids were on spring break, you know, that happened. So I couldn't work as much. Or you might get sick, or you might this, you might that. And and this is all normal. And I think as I get into a higher level of business, I have more of like a plan for when those things happen, you know, to automate posts and, and things like that, so that it's not so important that I be present and on there um, in, in these types of moments, like vacations and sick days and things like that. You don't want to disappear from social media just because you're in a grumpy mood, you know? Totally. Even more important to be on social media. On that note, um, if any final words or things that you want to wrap up with on today's episode, it's been awesome to share your reflections and inspire your colleagues. Anything else? Um, so I would say that if you would like flexibility in your life, and if you're a dietitian, if you want to be flexible and you want to make a larger sum of money then perhaps they let you believe (laughs) in graduate school or in your internship, I would say start now, start, you know, imperfectly, embarrassingly, take a picture of yourself with the sandwich, take it with your phone, you know, and don't, I think, give up before you've even started. Absolutely love it. 
beautiful way to end, Fatima. Thank you for uh, sharing your time. If you could just remind everybody where to find you on social, just in case. Sure. Hasn't met you yet. So I'm at paralysis.nutrition. Awesome. Thanks, Fatima. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. If you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. Our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients, uh, me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, or you can find in the show notes a link to apply.